Hello and welcome to another episode of Losing Part of Me, the podcast where I share with you my discovery of my addiction to alcohol and the journey in getting sober. So in this episode, I've kind of titled it The Firsts because for me, every time something, a first came up, I had to deal with each of them in their own way, doing their own thing. And you know how one of the reasons you wouldn't stop drinking is because, or maybe I'm just speaking for myself here, but you'll think, you know, even if you don't have an addiction, even if you don't have a problem, you might think to yourself, well, I can't stop drinking this month because we're going out on such and such a night. I can't stop drinking this week because we are doing this thing or so-and-so is coming around for dinner or it's someone's birthday or it's my birthday or it's, well, how do you get through all of those things? How do you get through all of these occasions, which normally would be the reason to drink and normally be the thing that stops you or normally be the thing that goes, okay, well, I would, you know, stop, but I can't because this occasion's coming up. And for me, this felt like, it almost felt like when I got through 12 months, I'd pretty much done every first. And that felt like a massive thing because it felt like if I can do everything within 12 months, then I've I've done it once. And if I've done it once, I've got proof I can do it again. So I want to basically give you a bit of a whistle stop tour into the year and some of the big things that came up and how I did or didn't deal with them particularly well. I think the first thing I would say is I seriously underestimated how much work this took and I said a lot of that in the last episode and I was really honest about how long it took for me to actually feel better and to actually start to become, I don't want to say normal again because I feel better than the person that I was before but certainly get my focus back and my energy back and that sort of thing. But what I did was I planned things thinking I would be okay and I wasn't and then when it came to doing those things it was incredibly difficult. So my advice to begin with would be, if you cannot do these things or put yourselves in these situations, then don't. And I should have been so much more selfish. I should have been so much more considerate to myself instead of trying to please other people in saying no and not organizing and not doing things. So, let me start back at the beginning of the year when I was barely a couple of weeks sober. My husband's a big skier and it's not something that I do. So he tends to go skiing once a year with some friends. And he went skiing, obviously, the season to go skiing is January time. And he was skiing within the first few weeks of me becoming sober. And when I look back and read my journals, I was raging. Like I was so angry not necessarily angry that he was going away. I knew he was going away, but just angry that I was left on my own having to cope and deal with this. And and this is kind of one of the big themes and issues, I guess, is that I wanted to blame everything on everyone else. I wanted to go, well, if I drink, it's your fault. It's your fault if you go away and I drink. And one of the things that doing this has made me really understand is the level of self-integrity that I have to have because actually I could, there are many times when I could drink and no one would know and no one would have a clue that I drank, but I would. And 
And that was something I had to really get in my head. So if I made the decision to drink, it was my decision. I couldn't blame it on my husband for going away. But that week was extremely difficult for me. I didn't put things in place that I should have done. I tried to put some things in place in terms of like speaking to friends or being busy with stuff. But actually, in hindsight, I should have dealt with that whole thing very differently. Being on my own for that length of time while trying to stay sober was really, really tricky. So that first thing was really difficult, but I got through it, but it was hard. The next thing I had coming up was I am a speaker and I speak at events uh, all over the country and the world. And I had got my first speaking gig in the first week of February. So by this point, I was just a month sober. And in my head at the beginning of the year, I thought, well, I'll be fine then. I'll be fine. I absolutely was not fine. I went to the speaking event. And one of the things about these events is that you have an evening before where you go and have dinner with the other speakers or the guests or the people who are running it. And inevitably that evening is filled with having a drink. And then the night of the event. So once you've done the event all day, there's always an after party and again, inevitably drinks. And obviously because my entire brand and world and life was based on drinking, everybody in that particular world expected that of me. So I had to work out a strategy of how I could go and not drink and not ruin my sobriety and still show up as me. So this was the first thing. One, I had no idea who the hell I was anymore because I knew who I was when I drank. I knew who I was when I was out and, you know, seeing people when I drank and I didn't know how I would be. Secondly, I was in no position to tell anybody. It's been a year and I haven't told anybody. In fact, ironically, as I'm recording this, tomorrow I leave to go and do the same event and they still don't know. And I'm still having to use some energy that I would rather not use in deciding and navigating how I deal with it. So it will be heaven sent when this is out and people within my business world know. But I went along and I decided that I wouldn't tell anybody because at this point I was so emotional that I literally couldn't say the words out loud. Like when I tried to say the words to my husband, I fell apart. When I spoke to the therapist, I fell apart. So For me, I decided that I wouldn't tell anybody because I didn't want anybody to know because I knew they would question me. Teresa drinks, like that's what she does. So if I rock up to an event and I'm not drinking, why? And I knew they would ask me that question. So I decided that I would go and get my own drinks. I wouldn't get in rounds with anybody. I had a friend who was going as well and she knew she was, like I said, one of very few people that knew. And I knew that she would get a drink that would be a non-alcoholic version of something. So my aim was to look like I was drinking so no one would question me, so I wouldn't have to go anywhere near the subject. And I managed to do it, okay? So I managed to pretty much hold up pretending I was drinking, but a couple of things happened. One, a couple of people did question what I was drinking, which is fascinating that people do that. And I lied. I outright lied and said, I'm on Prosecco when I literally had a glass of fizzy water, which in all honesty, you probably could have tell that I had a glass of fizzy water um, or a non-alcoholic Prosecco. 
uh, and we'll talk about the non-alcoholic versions of things maybe in a later episode but or um that was one thing that happened the other thing that happened which I did not expect was at the end of the evening so I was so conscious and my energy was exhausted because I was constantly thinking is someone going to notice is someone going to say how can I act normal am I acting normal should I be acting more drunk like someone even made a comment about something oh you've only had one drink and you're off already or something like that and of course in my head so that is bringing up every freaking reaction and in my head I want to punch him in the face and be like shut your face you know because I am angry because I want to drink more than anything in the world I want to drink and I can't and I am fighting silently in my head to do it and I then eventually as the evening rolled on I got a little bit more relaxed. As people got a bit drunker, I got a bit more relaxed because I was like, they're not watching me so hard. They're not thinking so hard about me. And and the truth is they probably weren't. Like yeah, other than a couple of comments, people probably weren't thinking, what is Teresa drinking? Anyway, I ended up having a, quite a good night on the second night. And I got back to my room and I messaged my friend who was with me the whole night. And I said, I'm drunk, aren't I? I've drank. And she was like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. And I said, I feel drunk. I think I'm drunk. And she said, Teresa, I was with you all night. You haven't had a drink. And I know deep down I hadn't had a drink, but I think I'd actually been like playing along so much that I think I'd almost convinced myself that I drank and I was drunk. And I wasn't, and I hadn't had a drink, and I was fine, but that was a real panic and a real fear for me that I had messed it up, which actually is probably a good time to tell you that I used to have and probably still have a lot of dreams of, I've drank, I'm drunk. Uh, And I'd wake up thinking I've ruined it, I've absolutely ruined it. The next thing that happened was my husband and I used to go, we don't live too far from Birmingham in in the UK, and that would be a fun thing that we'd do. We would go, book a hotel, drive there in the afternoon, get some wine, sit in the room, drink wine, have a chilled afternoon, get ready, go and have lots and lots of drinks, and then go and have a curry somewhere and head back to the hotel room, absolutely smashed fall asleep, wake up, have breakfast, go home. And that would be like a nice night out for us. And because by this point, so this is now middle of February, I have been pretty unpleasant and was not good when he travelled and have really not been very happy. He wanted to make me happy. He wanted us to do something that made me happy. So he chose something that traditionally made me happy. And I said, yes. I didn't say yes to drinking. I said yes to going. And I should have said no. I shouldn't have gone. I shouldn't have done that because it was so, so hard. It Again, every time I had to do anything like this, I was exhausted. So we got to the hotel room and he had got some wine or some beer. I can't remember what. And I'd got some non-alcoholic stuff. And already I'm pissed off. Already I am angry because I am saying to myself, this is so unfair. I am so upset by this. This is not fair. It's not fair that he gets to drink and I don't. And then we go out. So we kind of hang around the room for a bit, but we're a bit lost of what to do because we're not drinking. Then we head out for drinks and we start going to these different bars. And every bar I went to, the fight starts of, well, what have they got that I can drink? Because I didn't like drinking Coke 
or lemonade or orange juice. I didn't want to drink that looked like I was drinking a child's drink or a soft drink. I wanted to look like a grown-up. I wanted to hold a nice glass in my hand. And even though this has got to be so much better than it was a few years ago, a lot of pubs and, and places still don't have good alternatives. So everywhere we went, I was pissed off because I was like, you know, can't believe they haven't got anything. I can't believe this is all I've got to drink. And I was angry. The other thing I did was everywhere I went, I stared and watched and analysed everybody drinking. I watched what they ordered, how fast they drank, how quick the drink went down, whether they went to the bar, whether someone came up to them, imagined what it tasted like, imagined what it felt like. I saw myself ordering an alcoholic drink so many times that evening that I genuinely thought I would relapse that day. I genuinely thought this is when it's going to happen. And it was awful. It was a really awful experience. I tried my absolute hardest and I did an all right job of showing up happy and being happy and being like, I'm having a lovely time with you while being so upset and so angry and so fed up. And we got to the end of the night, how I managed to not drink, I will never know. We got to the end of the night and we went for an Indian and I literally shoveled stuff in my face. And then after we'd had our Indian, I went to the shops and I bought every bit of rubbish I could find. And I ate and ate and ate because I was like, finally, it's my turn. Finally, I get some fun. And that's how it felt because it felt like, what is the point in all of this if I can't drink? So that was that first time we went out a night together and I should have said no. I should have said I can't do it. And I didn't because I wanted to please my husband and I wanted us to have a good time. But we weren't going to when I was feeling like that. We then had an event where we went to stay with some friends and they didn't know and I was dreading them offering a drink. And again, I thought if they offer me one, I'm going to have to drink it, aren't I? Because again, they know me as someone who drinks and I had to turn down drinks about three or four times. They thought they, you know, obviously in their head, they're being polite and they're like, you know, offering me a drink, which is, of course, lovely and polite. And they know I drink or they knew I drank. So they would trying to keep me happy and be like, oh, well, I, I can get a wine or we can get this. And I'm constantly going, no, it's fine. No, actually, I don't want to. And no, no, no. All while trying to be like, actually not tell them that I'm not drinking. So the next thing I guess that happened was I went away for my birthday. My husband was like, do you fancy doing something for your birthday? I thought, yes, I would like to, but I was really conscious about what should we do. So we ended up going to Amsterdam. It's a one hour flight from where I am. And it actually wasn't too bad. Like there were points where I felt a bit sad and a bit fed up, but actually compared to the Birmingham trip, it was fine. But the reason I mention it is because when I did the proper flight or a longer flight, I didn't prepare for it. So we are very fortunate that because we fly a fair bit, I have a lot of points. And basically we get to fly business class places, which is awesome. So in the middle of the year, we were flying to uh, Florida to do a big trip in America, which is the first time I'd been to the States and not drank. But I hadn't actually thought about what it was like to go on a business class flight 
and to go into an airport lounge and I didn't prepare and it hit me like a shovel to my face. I turned up at the airport thinking I've done a flight, I've done a flight, tick, done, I can cope with this. I turned up to the airport, we went into the lounge and then I realised we haven't done this. We've done a flight, but nothing like this. And in a lounge, there are free drinks and it's basically an open bar and you help yourself. And one of the things that I did is I didn't go and get myself a drink because I couldn't even take myself near where they were because I couldn't take the risk. And I knew it would trigger me. I knew that I would get there and feel pissed off and feel angry and upset. So my husband, bless his soul, went and got me like three different drinks. And then he did get himself a drink because again, you know, I didn't want to be that person who stopped him because it's not fair. But he was super considerate and tried to hide his glass of fizz. And and then, like I said, I started to panic. I started to realise that I had not prepared for this flight. I had not thought, how am I going to get through it? What's my strategy? How am I going to cope? So I decided to put on an audiobook. In sat in the lounge and I found an audiobook to do with alcohol and becoming sober that was 11 hours long and I was flying to Florida so it was about a nine hour flight and I listened to this book non-stop the entire flight. I got on the flight and the first thing they ask you in business class is would you like a glass of champagne and in my head, I am screaming, yes, I want a glass of champagne. Please give me the champagne. I want the champagne. But my mouth opens and I say, no, thank you. I'll have orange juice. As they put the orange juice down on the table, I am looking at the orange juice and I feel like a toddler that wants to swipe it off the table, throw it across the room, smash the glass and scream and cry and literally get on the floor and have a paddy because I don't want that orange juice. I want them to shove that orange juice up their ass because I want champagne. And I am so angry and all I can think in my head, and this happened a lot, was it's not fair. It's not fair. It's not fair that I don't get the choice. It's not fair that I can't do this and everyone can. And what's wrong with me? And why am I broke and everyone else is okay? And even saying this to you, actually makes me really upset and is really emotional because I feel it like I don't feel it so much now but I felt like that and I was it was a very young part of me that was so upset and so angry and didn't know how to how to deal with this and and was so annoyed that I couldn't just be that person who had won or couldn't be that person who who could cope and I had to be broke. And I know I'm not broke. I know that is not the case, but that's how some of these feelings made, how some of these experiences made me feel. So anyway, I did the flight. I listened to the book the entire time. The air stewardess came and gave us the menu for food. And she immediately said, the wines are on the back, which just blows my mind, which when you drink, you would think nothing of it. I'd think, oh, nice one, thanks. And I'd look at the wines on the back. But as someone who can't drink, I was like, why would you say that? Like, it was honestly so, so difficult. That flight was really difficult. And then my brain starts kicking in. My brain goes, 
What if you only drank when you're on flights? What if you could drink when you weren't in the country? You should probably allow yourself that. I think it would be fine if you just if you just drank while on a flight. I think you'd be okay. And I had to go back to the saying that I have to say every time I get any of these thoughts in my head, don't question the decision. That's my thing. Do not question the decision. And I got through that flight and we got into the States and I had a speaking gig that I was doing, but they didn't know me. So when it came to what would you like to drink? I just said, I don't drink. And that felt good and comfortable and awesome. My husband and I then went from, well, we went from Tampa to Nashville, from Nashville to uh, Memphis. And while we were in Memphis, my husband said our hotel had a rooftop bar and he was like, should we go and have some drinks? And again, I really struggled there and we fell out and we argued and he was very much like, not, he didn't say the words. And, and I think if I asked him, he would say he didn't he didn't do this but in one way it made me feel like I was ruining it like I was ruining the trip because I couldn't cope with sitting in a bar and just having a nice time because I couldn't have a drink um and we had a bit of an argument and then luckily the rest of the trip turned out okay we went to Austin I was at a conference in Austin for a few days so that was okay I didn't drink so that was fine and then I went to uh, we went to New Orleans, which was amazing. Um, and the food was amazing. But my focus was very much on food. Like I ate what I wanted when I wanted. Considering I'm gluten free, I ate gluten for pretty much all of 2023. Because my only task, my only thing that I had to do was stay sober. And if anything put that in jeopardy, like feeling deprived because I couldn't have something, I had to make a decision to go, I have to do, I can do anything I want to do as long as I stay sober. And therefore I ate and ate and ate my way around the States. But I managed to do the flight home because by that point I'd already done the flight. So I could tick that off and all be good. Another few firsts was I did a number of events on my own. I have um, events where business uh, people come along and I coach them and teach them and do goal setting and various other things. So I had quite a few of those events where I again would have shown up and drank and I didn't drink so again I did things like pretended I was drinking I did things like oh not right now um some of them were particularly difficult I had an event in Newcastle and after my day I did a I spoke at an event then the following day I um I did my own event and at the end of that day, someone who I love dearly in my world was like, let me get you a gin. I'll get, and I was like, no, I'll just have a lemonade actually. No, 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 I've got to get you a gin. I can't just get you a lemonade. And of course, in my head, it's like, well, of course, like that's all they know. That's what they think is that I drink and I love gin and I love drinking and no one knows. So I never got angry or upset with anybody who was doing that because they didn't know. And I knew the minute they knew, they would obviously support me and be amazing but because I wasn't ready to tell people because I literally couldn't get the words out of my mouth without crying literally couldn't another first was my husband and I love festivals and dance music uh, even though I'm quite old and weirdly love growing vegetables as well so the the contrast is immense however um 
we went to a festival in August. Uh, we went to see Annie Mac, who we love. And it was and most of the day thing. And again, festivals for us would have been getting absolutely smashed and normally ruining it, quite honestly, as if you've, li- if you've listened to some of the other episodes, I would have told you about how I ruined it. But this was the first event I went to and not drank. And again, it was hard. It was hard watching everybody else. By this point in August, I think that I had kind of got to the point of, I could look at some of these other people who were absolutely trashed and think thank god that's not me and how i would have been and how humiliated now i would feel how i would have acted i didn't think that about them and that was the other interesting thing i've never gone out and seen someone drunk and thought you're a disgrace not at all if anything it makes me feel like remembering what a disgrace i was not them at all um but we did the festival. I managed not to drink. Some of the things that I learned in that one is I was exhausted and I couldn't dance all night because I wasn't absolutely smashed. So being sober meant that A, I was exhausted by dancing and being on my feet and my body ached and I could feel it. Whereas previously I wouldn't have felt it because I'd have been drunk. Um, and that I didn't make friends. <laughs> and this sounds stupid, but, and it's not, like, but basically when I was drunk, I would talk to anybody and people who I wouldn't want to talk to, but yet randomly I would make friends and I would join people on Instagram and I would be friends with them on Facebook. People I'd just met, random people. And I would have done that when I was drunk because my inhibitions are low and suddenly I think everyone's my friend. And I didn't do that this time. I didn't make any random friends. I didn't make any random plans to do something with someone who I've only just met. And that was nice. I enjoyed that. I also didn't feel a mess. Like, oh, I realised how dirty everything was. That was something that was not expected. Suddenly, because I wasn't drunk, I started to go, those toilets are disgusting. And these people are filthy because they're sweating everywhere. And those things I wouldn't have realised because... Obviously, I would have been too drunk to to realise. But it was really lovely waking up the next day knowing that I hadn't spent money on champagne, that we hadn't drank, that we got home safely, that I wasn't hanging. Because the next day we actually did go to a homesteading thing, which, yeah, uh, I am full of contrasts. Um, and then I guess the other things that were big key moments were things like Christmas and New Year. And even though I said it, on another episode or maybe this episode that, you know, 2nd of January, because January sucks, maybe it's not a good time to stop drinking. Actually, by the time I, by the time the Christmas and New Year came round again, I was in a much, much better position, which was awesome. So actually Christmas, I bought in a lot of non-alcoholic versions. So whereas I would have obviously drank continuously throughout the Christmas period and through New Year's. I just had non-alcoholic versions. So I still had the nice glass. I still cheersed. I still did all of that, but I just didn't drink. Again, New Year was hard because, again, my husband likes the fact of when we would drink and when we would have fun. And and even though I am much more fun now than I was, it's still not the same. And I get that. And and obviously we talk about that in our episode, but but it was certainly good and fine. And I didn't feel like, I didn't feel desperate to drink. I didn't feel like I wanted to, or I was going to break it or ruin it or any of those things. So 
like I said, it was really, you know, I just wanted to go through some of the first because like for me, it was important to kind of recognize that actually these are big things and big events and how do you deal with them? And obviously in the last episode, I talked about my dad being diagnosed with cancer and how my first thought was, I can drink at his funeral. And so again, dealing with those things while not using your go-to method is hard, is really, really, really hard. The last thing I want to touch on in this episode is because I didn't tell a lot of people, when I did start telling some people, and I mean these are people in my world, so my family, they didn't know to begin with. And when I did tell them, I actually couldn't get through the line without sobbing, like literally breaking down, crying. And I think a lot of that is, there was a lot of shame, there was a lot of concern of judgment, there was a lot of relief maybe that I'd finally got it out. There was worry that what if I don't stick to this? What if I'm telling someone something and it doesn't, and then I drink again and I'm trying to then say, actually, I'm fine. So in those early days, I, like I said, I couldn't actually get it out and talk to people about it without having a bit of a breakdown. So that was again, another reason why I didn't share it with a lot of people to begin with. I have had one first of, I told my dad uh, a few months back and over Christmas, all his family came over and they all had a get together and I found out about it secondhand. And I was like, where was my invite? Like I wasn't, I wasn't even invited. And his answer was, well, it was in a pub. I didn't think you'd want to come. And I get it. I totally get why he said that, but that, like I would have been fine by that point. Um, and I can go into a pub now. I don't want to sit in a pub and drink because what am I drinking? Why am I doing it? I still struggle with that a bit, but I would have been absolutely fine doing an event in a pub. That wouldn't have been a problem for me. Um, so again, I guess as all this comes out, as I still navigate through life, there are still going to be more first. There are still going to be things that I have to face. But I think the one thing that I need to remember is never question the decision don't let that voice sneak in and go, but maybe, or what if, or I think the constant do not question the decision and no matter what I'm going through, no matter how hard it is, and we have been through some tough stuff this year, stuff that I won't be sharing on here because it's not my stories to share, but some incredibly difficult things. And all I have to remember is that by drinking alcohol, it's not going to make that better and it's not going to make me feel better. And it's not going to, the relief of having a drink within minutes will wear off to the shame, to the annoyance, to the hangover, to all the rest. So no matter what's going on, it's not going to be made better by me drinking. So I really hope this episode's been helpful. I really hope that I've given you again a bit more insight to what it's like to stop. But I just want to remind you that I am sending you so, so much love and you've got this. Thank you.